This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to 70, a show where we explore the random thoughts that pop up at inconvenient times. I'm your host, Andy. Hello. And I'm Mita. That's my song. Uh, We're continuing Black History Month. Everybody, just like calm down. Everybody sit down, take a deep breath. I know you're excited. (laughs) You're just pushing buttons. Yeah. He loves the buttons. It's dangerous. So this week, in honor of Black History Month, we're going to talk about one of our favorite things. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he is delightful, though. Why did I? Out of I don't all? know the universe. I don't know where that fucking came from. We were not talking yet. First of all, before this, before we started recording, we were talking about Whitney Houston, Hans Zimmer, Mariah Carey, and the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. And then you just pulled fucking Doogie Howser out of the universe from nowhere, and I'm scared because I don't. That wasn't even on the spirit. It wasn't. <laughs> and how out of everybody, you said Black History Month. We're continuing the conversation. And, and then I just the whitest out. man to ever exist. He was as white as his medical coat. I like. I like. I Patrick love Harris. Doogie Howser. That was my show growing up. I was like, I could be smart. No, I cannot. No, I cannot. Sees <laughs> sees barely get degrees. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. No, bitch. We're talking about coffee. And we're drinking it right now. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk? About, okay, so we're drinking coffee. Yes. We're going to talk about coffee because yes. it's it's black as shit, and some of y'all might not know that. Mm-hmm. But what are we drinking? What coffee are we drinking today? So today we are drinking some beans that came over from Kona, which, for those of you who do not know, is in the United States of America. It's part of the islands of Waikiki, correct? Yes. <laughs> Nicholas Menagerie. <laughs> that that pisses me off, but it's also my favorite line. <laughs> but you know what's even worse is that from the islands of Hawaii. It fits. I know. I do that all the time. I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, she could just say Hawaii. <laughs> like she could do it. It fits with Waikiki. Like it fits. Why are you just choosing to be an ignorant bitch? I get mad in the shower because of that one. What is it? The islands up forwards. Yeah. Well, yeah, Waikiki's one word. Yeah. Is there a dash in there? There's a one of those. I'm gonna call it an apostrophe. We know that's not what it's called. Our friends from Hawaii will, will correct us. Will later. correct us. Yeah, later. yeah, that's your job. Um, yeah. So we got some Kona coffee. Yes. Now here's the gig about Kona. Let's just get into it for the coffee lovers in the room. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker dark. It's so dark. <laughs> it's it's literally roasted by like Pele's spirit. Yes. And it tastes so good. It's good, but it's like it's it's the darkest coffee I think I've ever had. It's it doesn't like, matter how you brew it. It's like gunpowder. It, it, <laughs> put a little hair on your chest. It's delicious, but I I'm a light roast mm. kind of girl. I like a floral light. A blonde roast. I like something that dances on the tongue. Mm-hmm. This one I'm drowning. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. it's heavy. It's delicious. It's like though. it's like the lead equivalent of coffee. It's delicious. Put a little creamer yeah. in there. You got to cut that heaviness with the cream. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I made it a little stronger than usual too, though. Okay. Because good. when I ground it up, because I I grind my beans every time I make a pot of Same. coffee. If you're not grinding your beans, America, get into it. Mm-hmm. It is luxury. And it, well, and it'll change your life. It's so much better. So much coffee, fresher. Yeah. Freshly ground. Tastes so much better than the pre-ground stuff that you buy at the store. It's something I started doing during the, pa- during the pandemic. It's so good. It's new for me. 
and I'm really enjoying the journey yeah. I'm on. Yeah. So good. And I had like a little extra at the bottom. So I was just like, and we're just going to dump that in there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. I, like, so it's a little I measured strong. out my scoops and then right. I was like, I maybe had like a quarter of a scoop left. And gotcha. I was like, and we're just going to dump the rest. That's of what I do, too. That's what I do, too. So, it I mean, it tastes delicious. Got a little. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I went full fat kid with a heavy cream. We don't put milk in our coffee. We use whipping cream. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also all I have. But also, when you're drinking Kona, you can't just put 2% in Kona. She needs can't just put full half half. fat milk. To cut the acidity. She, she gotta, you got to cut into Pele's ashes. You know what I'm saying? You just got to get in there. Now, one of my favorite ways to drink Kona before we get into the questions. Yes. I like to use a coconut cream. That'd be nice. Straight from the can. There's something about the beauty of a, of a there because there is a floralness to Kona. You just have to bring it out. One up you. Sweetened uh, condensed I was going to say, you whore. I was like, ah, oh, fucking condensed milk. I knew it. Not a lot. You don't need a lot. No, 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 no. You need, you need, uh, what, what, what are we saying per cup? Like, ah, we're going to full fat kid, like a tablespoon, two tablespoons? I was going to say a tablespoon yeah, 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 for yeah, me, yeah, yeah. personally. I'm, That's I'm, my I'm, taste preference. I'm with you, man. With also like a little dash of like cream too to like see that's why I like the coconut cream because mm. it's super fat, hundred percent coconut like fat, right? Yeah. And then you got the coconut milks, mm. like the solids, so it gets creamy, you get super fattening, and then you just add like a little stevia. I like stevia in my coffee. I find that the bitterness of stevia complements the bitterness and acidity of the coffee. <laughs> and also a coffee trick for people who don't know, when when your coffee is too dark for you, mm -hmm. you just put a little pinch of salt in it and it will take away the acidity. The, the salt just negates that acidity. Want to know where I learned that? Where? Working at the 7-Eleven. Nice. Because that motherfucker had some old ass coffee until I got there. Because when you work at 7-Eleven, you can drink as much coffee as you want. Anyway, before uh, we dive into <laughs> today's um, topic. You know, I want to play a game. Did you do it? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, you go first. Okay. Yeah, you go first. and I'll, Yeah, that works. I'm going to go first. <laughs> Would you rather? Yes. Have amazingly fast typing or texting speed mm. or be able to read ridiculously fast? Read. I wish I could read faster. <laughs> if I could read faster, I would read more. And I know that that's stupid because the longer you practice reading, the faster you will get. But I'm too lazy to read slow. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm too lazy to start slow and get well, faster. Your your personality type is like results driven. So yeah. it's like if you sit down for three hours reading a book, and then like at the end of it, you're like, I only read seven pages. Which how embarrassing for me. Three hours. But I mean, hey, if that's your pace, hey, good for you. You're reading, and that's yeah. what's important. Yeah. But yeah, I don't care about typing. I don't care about texting. <laughs> I genuinely don't. And I work and I write computer code for a living, and yeah. I'm a terrible typer. I'm one of the worst typers I know. Me too. But if I could read faster, ugh, I'd be so much smarter. Ugh, ugh, I could forget about it. <laughs> I feel like that's appropriation. I know. I apologize. I, I, I didn't mean to appropriate anybody's culture. <laughs> I love us. All right, Andrew. These ones are really easy questions. Yeah, that one was that one was easy. I would choose reading. Reading over too. Yeah. yeah. We got to read more. Yeah. Should we start up our book club? I want to. We'll talk about I it. I really do, yeah. We'll do an episode about books. Yeah. Okay, cool. We should have done one for this month. We could have done a Black Author. Yeah, maybe season three. Yeah. We'll save our book reading for next year. Oh, well, I mean, we could still start the book club this year. Well, yeah, I got to start reading now to finish by next Black, for Black History Month. <laughs> if I start now, I Let's might finish Barack a 12 Obama's month. Obama's book. We'll talk. I can't. We'll okay, talk. anyway. <laughs> Would you rather yes. be able to drink sodas? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Would you rather never be able to drink sodas like Coke or only be able to drink sodas and nothing else? Never drink Coke. 
you would rather never drink sodas? Yeah. Yeah. That's a dumb question, right? That is. Who would pick? I guess there are people who would choose. Like, there are people who have yeah. like Diet Coke addictions. Oh, I was thinking of the Mountain Dew and the Dr. Pepper. Heads. And they will murder yeah. somebody if they don't get a like a Diet Coke first thing in the morning, like when they open their eyes. And I'm like, bro, that's a problem. Yeah. Like that's worse than cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would rather be able to drink like tea and coffee and water. Yeah. <laughs> Pog. First off, you gonna <laughs> tell me I can't drink coffee? Can't have my Kona no more. Anymore. No, that's just take me out. And that's what we like to call bringing it back on topic. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So we're coming in on the history of coffee, just yeah. like the plant. Yes. What she been done doing and done did. Yeah. So okay. would you like me to tell you the the myth behind Ethiopian coffee? Yeah. Let's get into some 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 tales and whatnot about coffee. So. For those of you who don't know, Ethiopia is considered to be the birthplace of coffee. Yes. So thank you. It is. <laughs> it is the birthplace. The coffee plant originated in Ethiopia. Yes. Yes. In fact, uh, scientists and experts, they say that Ethiopia is the only place that coffee grew natively. Mm, right, right. And the person who found it, <laughs> their name was Kaldi. Okay. Were they Dutch? They were a they were a goat herder. Oh, okay. No, gotcha. they were native. To, gotcha. So people from Ethiopia. So when the plant was discovered, yeah. with the goats. Mm -hmm. That's cute. I like goats. So Caldi was a goat herder who discovered coffee after witnessing the vigor that his goats received from eating the cherries. I've heard that before. You're saying that's the myth? Yeah. <gasps> what is the real story? I've heard the goat story before. I thought that was true. <laughs> Damn it, internet. He later uh, brought these cherries to the monastery and shared them with the monks who claimed that they were the devil's work and hurled them into the fire. Right, because then the Catholics, they got mad about the coffee because mm. the Muslims were drinking it. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The aroma of the beans roasting in the fire was heavenly, mm. and the beans were raked from the fire and crushed to put out the embers. Mm. Realizing their mistake, they placed them into a jug and covered with hot water for preservation. Later, the monks drank the brew, and it helped them keep awake during nightly devotions. <laughs> the story is mythical. It's okay. never been proven. Right, right, right. Uh, and the actual discovery of, of coffee is unknown. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I'm assuming if it's a native plant, somebody from a really long time ago yeah. probably knew about it. There's no doubt because it is edible, obviously. Yeah, it's a, so yeah. there's no doubt that somebody witnessed birds or other like mm -hmm. herbivores eating the plant or eating the leaves or even eating the fruit, which yeah. is the the coffee bean itself. Do you ever think to yourself, uh oh, <laughs> when you like I'd be look at something, okay, <laughs> that's edible, right? Like right, a natural right. fruit, a natural vegetable. Yeah, like hmm. Look at that delicious treat. And did you ever think about the first person who ever tried it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. My brain is weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always like, okay, what's like the one? Like a coconut, bro. Like a coconut, I because imagine. You it have fell. to get in there. Like, who had the determination to just keep breaking into Well, that where did coconuts originate? I don't know. See, actually. that's the gig because, you know, with the whole Pangea, mm -hmm. if we're going to get into science true, right now. True, 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 true. So it could have, it could have, you know, spread out on multiple mm -hmm. places. If it was, I imagine if it, because Hawaii doesn't have monkeys. I always think of, I always think of Moana when I think of coconuts. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, right. Yeah. But I yeah. imagine coconuts, like, natively are from a region that has monkeys and trees or birds and stuff. Yeah. And so I imagine early humans watched 
the monkeys like slam the coconuts against a rock or whatever mm. and then mm. dig out the meat because mm. there's no way animals weren't eating coconut because it's high fat and fat is what keeps you alive yeah. so there's no way there weren't some kind of animals or waiting for them to fall from the trees and then when yeah. they would you know you see animals eating it yeah i feel like humans learned how to eat by watching other animals because before electricity we were just other animals yeah or like <laughs> potatoes bro potatoes peanuts are always a weird one for yeah. me how do we crack that one open pineapples pineapples make sense they look delicious they look scary to me well they look like, like they're I trying were, to protect if themselves i were like w- just wandering an island and i saw a pineapple on a bush i don't okay. think my first thought would be like i'm gonna eat that okay but see you're wrong because here's the gig the what people for, fail to f- remember about especially fruits and stuff is that mm-hmm. when they ripen they mm-hmm. smell really good. Fair. So like when you have right. pears right. and you have bananas and you have mm-hmm. pineapple. So when it was like late season, you know, fall's coming in. Yeah. The rains are there coming. There was that sweet aroma And then you have that ripened pineapple. The ground just smells like sugar. I will just tell everybody here right now mm. on this day, if you have never had a Hawaiian pineapple. You haven't had a pineapple. Fix your life. You haven't eaten pineapple. If you think you've eaten pineapple Ooh. and you haven't eaten pineapple from the islands of Hawaii. Yes. You have not had pineapple. No. Not to, you know, I'm not going to disrespect our Central American pineapple brethren no. and sister. And I'm just saying that your fruit is shit. It's just <laughs> something about that volcanic soil. Much like the Kona coffee, it's just the essence of something. There's something in those pineapples mm. and it hits different. Even when it's not super ripe, it's still sweet. It doesn't make any <laughs> you sense. You can eat it green and it's like licking a sugar yeah. cube or something. It's so crazy. Man, that's so good. And you let it like almost rot. Yeah, I let it get mushy. <laughs> I let all my fruits get Except for this pasta, you're like, she's. I think I, we gave it to you, and like two days later, you're like, mm, I probably should eat this. No, I put it in the refrigerator for a while to slow the rotting. Mm. And then I got in there yeah. when I got a little mushy. It's, I, I like mushy fruit. <laughs> so, I do. So, uh, <laughs> back on topic. Do we need to? Uh, <laughs> the remainder of Copy's history in Ethiopia is a touch aggressive. Always. Because it's like, okay. It's a cash crop. It's delicious. Yes. People know that it gives them the Jesus juice. It gives you a kick. So you already know that like the colonizers already did some bullshit, which we'll talk about probably later on this year. We're going to do, we'll like do coffee a, again. Yeah. Coffee's a multi-part. It's here on this day. It's black history month and we're not here to talk about colonizers. We're no. here to talk about black people. So coffee is a black ass plant. Yes. Making black ass coffee. Yeah. We ain't here to talk about what no white folk, except for I talked about Neil Patrick Harris. At the very beginning. That's okay. So. You pulled them out. You know, I did. It was. I around. panicked. It was the first name that came to mind. Who knows Weird, where we're going to end? But today. it did. It, we'll, we'll full circle it. We'll do something. <laughs> we'll find a way to bring them back at the end. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> Ethiopia over the years has undergone many changes in their government. Right. In the past forty years alone, they had three forms of government: from a militaristic Marxist mm-hmm. ideology to like a federal system that they have today. Right. So it's more democratic today. Yeah. Yeah. Each of these systems have been met with a lot of turmoil for, like, the people that live there. Like, we have war. We have political upheaval. Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, from 1998 to 2000, Ethiopia was involved in a war called uh, Eritrea. Yes, Eritreans. Yeah. Um, this conflict with Eritrea and many other and many others have led to many deaths and great misery for the country. It also limited access to land and created an economic downturn. The cost of the war was estimated in the billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. It, yeah, the, yeah, it's a big, it's a big history thing. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't have to go no. into the whole thing, no. though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. So amidst, like, all this, like, turbulence with, like, politi- like, the political climate, coffee's just always been there, bro. Coffee's always been there for you. And it's always been there for me. It, um, unfortunately, coffee farming, because of that war, took, like, a very, dr- like, major hit. Right. Uh, in 2003, the price of coffee, uh, coffee, 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 the price of coffee plummeted lower than it ever was before. Right. Um, the price of coffee was no longer covering the cost of production. And as a result, a lot of farmers had to abandon their crops. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly they were devastated. Right. Because that's your whole livelihood. And now it's just gone. Because yeah. You're... When you do like a single cash crop, especially. Yeah. It's kind of like what happened with America with cotton. It's like if you rely on one thing and then something goes wrong with that one thing, mm-hmm. you're going to decimate your entire economy and everybody's lives who are associated with it. Yeah. Sad. Sad day. Yeah. So a lot of farmers migrated away from their farms and closer to the city. Makes sense. While others remained with their coffee plantations. Hell yeah. Um, despite all of these challenges, okay. coffee is still their number one money making. It's coffee export, and I'll tell you this: <laughs> I have never had Ethiopian coffee until a couple years ago when uh-huh. we had it at like that People's Fair or whatever we yeah. went to. And before that, I had only had Central and South American coffee. Uh-huh. So what is that? How do you pronounce it? Arab- Arabica, Arabica beans. Arabica? Arabica. See, everybody says it different. So you have those. Those are from Central and South America, traditionally. Mm-hmm. I would say, a ma- it, it, based on flavor and smell, it mm-hmm. seems like a majority of the coffee that's sold in the United States is from Central and South America. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that that's because of uh, just the ability to just ship it north. Like, it's, yeah. it's a lot easier than flying over the ocean. But once I had Ethiopian coffee, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's, like, flavors. Yeah. There's, like, notes yeah it's like a good whiskey yeah or in my case a rum because i can't taste whiskey but i can taste (laughs) rum it's like a really good quality aged rum except for it's coffee and you could just have it in the morning yeah i mean you could have rum in the morning but i mean don't frowned upon (laughs) frowned upon so i could see how even after it went it crashed or whatever and it came back of course that's going to be the number one thing coming out of ethiopia because the flavors are right yeah their coffee is something different well and i'll tell you what's fucked up is um the price of Ethiopian coffee, coffee. It's okay. Nobody, nobody can talk. <laughs> the price of Ethiopian coffee today mm-hmm. is way too expensive to, for you to be telling me that it's like they buy it for super cheap from these right. poor, desolate farmers. Right. And then you're going to turn around and sell me a bag of Ethiopian coffee that's probably mixed with Folgers. Yeah, it's probably mixed with some Arabica like beans or whatever. $47 a bag. So it just, I guess it just depends on, yeah. I don't know. All right, we'll get into it. Okay. So at times, Ethiopian farmers um, have had to compete with major companies with a lot more power to make most of the profit. The massive conglomerates. Yeah. Starbucks. That probably has a huge coffee plantation out in, I don't even want to call it a plantation. It's probably like an operation. Like, I think they do call them coffee plantations. I'm not sure. But yeah, I know. What is that? That So Starbucks does have that line where they do like different. The reserve. Yeah, the reserve. And they grow it in different parts mm-hmm. of the world. So you can get like the Cuban or you can get the, they have the Kona. And it's delicious. I've had it's it. It's right. It's not worth the price. It's just the the problem I have with it is the is the supply line. Yeah. So you have, traditionally you'll have a black or brown, let's just say a black or brown farmer or grower who mm-hmm. who handles the beans. Probably somebody black or brown is roasting them unless the corporation is doing it themselves on stateside. And then it just, and then 
just billions of dollars filters into this corporation, but the people who are growing it, the people who watered the plant, the people pennies. who cared nothing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. The supply line is the problem. It's not the beans. It's not the growers. It's the people taking all the money off the top. Yeah. Because they're like a CEO. And I'm like, but you didn't grow the beans. Yeah. Why do you make millions of dollars a year? So farmers make, like you said, very little from these partnerships. Right. Because, I mean, outsourced, right? So like right. some coffee company probably contracts through a certain coffee plantation in Ethiopia, but they don't make hardly anything out of it right. and then they said that the women in the industry make even less like way oh, less way than the men way less in yeah the, yeah in the, in the industry and like it's sometimes this is wild to me when i read this sometimes they make as little as 20 us dollars a month a month yep for their services yep that's wild which is in when you think about coffee, a lot of labor 20 dollars a month but coffee is a hundred billion dollar industry yearly right and you're the one like growing the crop, right? If you don't grow it, Taking there is no care coffee. Of the plant. Yeah, you're picking it when it's ripe. You're transporting it to like where you dry them out. And you're doing all out. the heavy lifting. Yeah. You just sell this. You do all like eighty percent of the work, and then somebody takes it, roasts it, bags it, and sells it. Yeah, and makes ten times the profit, if yeah. not more. It's it's crazy. It's the supply lines that's the problem to me. So in 1957, the National Coffee Board of Ethiopia was formed to help improve Ooh. the quality of Ethiopian coffee Good. and to coordinate producers, traders, and exporters. That's what's up. I like that. And recently, fair trade organizations have been helping to ensure the fair compensation of coffee producers. That is one thing that I am a stickler about. I do not buy and I do not support copy, coffee, copy. Damn you. It's weird, right? Damn you. Coffee, uh, like corporations or industries that are not fair trade okay so all of my coffee is fair trade is the only coffee that i purchase it is the only coffee that i will put in my mouth unless i buy like i'll drink your coffee at home it's probably not fair trade but mine is well this was also <laughs> grown by family see there you go grown by family this this coffee we were drinking today was was a family farm there of my go. fiance because <laughs> you were on fiance <laughs> yes i don't know why i said fiance like that i feel like it was very fancy well you my you do have a fiance. fiance. Yeah. Have you never said it or something? No. Is no. it just a moment where it no, hit you? Just, and you're the, like, just the way I said it. I oh. felt like it was very like. You do like an accent. Yeah. You do like an accent. And that's, I mean, that's like the history, like a very brief overview of like. Coffee in Ethiopia. Yeah. yeah. Coffee in Ethiopia. Good. Because you could, you could go a lot deeper. I mean, and we're not going to go, we're not going to go dark. We're going to keep it positive today because yeah. it is Black History Month and my history is dark, but damn it, there's light. <laughs> Amen. And part of that light is a beautiful little company. Company. Did I say that right? Huh? Words sound weird now that I said copy. <laughs> I don't like this. A beautiful little company called Coffee Black. Okay. Based out of Memphis, Tennessee. How funny. Yeah, I know. That's why, that why I asked, you... that's why I asked for the Memphis cup when you made me that's coffee. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a Memphis cup. And I was like, yeah, I'll take that Tennessee cup. <laughs> Tennessee, all right. So Coffee Black is a black-owned coffee business. Um, they blow my mind. The coffee is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a little. It is a little rich. I the cost is there, but yeah. one beautiful thing about Coffee Black's coffee, specifically Guji Maine, which is one of their <laughs> the naming. First of all, they sell it in dime bags and bricks. Let's talk about this company. <laughs> that's I fucking that's love fantastic. Coffee Black. <laughs> so Coffee Black um, from their website. Quote, mm -hmm. Coffee Black is primarily an entrepreneurial venture with specific social implications started by Bartholomew Jones and Renata Henderson, okay. uh, husband and wife team, um, to reclaim the black history of coffee and reimagine its black future. Okay. 
Um, and then it is an emerging social enterprise that seeks to bring back the intersectional, uh, I'm sorry, that seeks to bring back the intersection between black history and black coffee. Okay. So I discovered Coffee Black during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think they launched in 2018. I think I discovered them early 2020. Okay. Um, it's just, it's good coffee. But what I love about it is that their supply chain for their main roast, which is called Guji Main. Okay. It is from the Guji region of Ethiopia. Okay. The growers is a Ethiopian family that have owned their own land and property growing the coffee for decades and decades. Uh, the father owns the property, his entire family, all of his kids, everybody works on the land. His daughter roasts the beans. Okay. If they're doing the roasted ones. So <clears throat> let's talk about, I'm trying to think how, where do I want to go? Okay. So coffee black, because I know people are going to look it up. I should probably spell the name. Okay. So it's C-X-F-F-E-E-B-L-A-C-K. Okay. okay. So they replaced the O with an X. Okay. And a lot of people are like, why would you, what, what's up with the X? Like, why would, you remove the, yeah. why would you remove the O for coffee? Why would you put an X there? And so they have a, they have a reason for it. All right. So the X is what black people have historically used to replace the sugars and creams they were given as a last name during slavery. Okay. Um, the X served as a fulcrum to connect them to their natural notes as humans, and that's exactly what we want to do as well. So essentially, it's the same reason why Malcolm X changed his name to okay. X, because your last name, if you're a black in America, traditionally your last name is the name of the people who owned your people. Okay. Not, It's not like your family name, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So. I I remember when I read this in order to make this podcast and I was like, oh, shit, I remember doing that because every black person who's read the the autobiography of Malcolm X Mm -hmm. at some point, first of all, your parents probably made you read the book. Welcome to the black club. Secondly, at some point, you're like, I should change my last name. I should probably change my last name to X because like for me personally, the plantation uh, that my ancestors were enslaved on, it still stands in the deep south today and it has my name on it. So there was a plantation that my family lived didn't live on, but was on. And I have that name because of black history in America. So I like the fact that coffee, coffee black put the X in their name. And also it's good marketing stands out on a shirt. It's nice. Yeah. It's good stuff. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Uh, Well, and the other thing that I like about this company is that you were talking about like the marketing, like they sell dime bags or yeah, bricks or bricks. (laughs) And And it's called Gucci main. Yeah. It's like Gucci Mane, but it's but Gucci Mane. What I what I enjoy about it is that that is breaking stereotypes that black people are hit with. Yeah. Because if you're black, you're automatically a drug dealer. Yes. And yes. so it's like you're you're automatically the villain. You're automatically yeah. The, you're automatically so the bad it's guy. like let's reclaim that yes. and make let make something good out of it. Well. So apparently, Coffee Black started because the one of the the founder, uh, the husband and the husband wife, T Bartholomew, um, he's a rapper. From the oh, Memphis area. And when he would be in the studio with his crew making making beats and making hits and, yeah. and recording and stuff, they weren't drinking alcohol. They were drinking coffee. Okay. And he came across a producer and the producer was like, I've never been in a studio, especially with a rap, rap group. And they're consciously rapping and they're talking about conscious things. That's That's normal. That's common. Right? Yeah. But then to be drinking coffee... Instead of drinking anything else, the producer was like, there's something here. And then that's when Bartholomew and his wife started looking into how to get uh, ethically sourced coffee from Africa, bring it into the United States, all black supply line. So from the growers all the way to the coffee black store in Memphis, it's nothing but black pockets and black money being spent on black ass shit. And I'm just like, we all need to buy coffee black. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm going to go check it out after this episode. Got to, because I'm going to talk about the two. Not even sponsored. No, not even at all. And this is just because coffee. 
Okay, so they have a shirt. It's one of my favorite shirts. I'm going to buy it. They have merch. Got to make money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Got to yeah, have merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite shirts, they have a saying, and it's love black people like you love black coffee. I like that. That hits. That yeah. hits hard. Because if there's one thing racist white people love. Black coffee. Probably. Yeah. That's, that's, and you gotta white, love black people like people, you love it. White people like to like walk around and be like, I'll have coffee, just black. Just black. And it's like a snooty thing. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, that's, that's black ass plants. That's black history. That's Africa yeah. in a cup. And you're just a racist piece of shit sometimes. Not all of you. Sometimes not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not every white person. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say if you're listening to this podcast, you're not. No, no. You're probably good people. I like to hope so. Do good things. Drink some water and coffee. Yes. So I'm going to talk about the two um, roasts okay. that I've gotten. Okay. All right. So the first one, let's talk about OG Guji Mang. Okay. That is their OG. It is an all black supply chain, like I mentioned before, and it comes from the Guji region of Af- Ethiopia. Okay. Um, the notes. Okay. All right. So they give you the notes. Listen, listen, open your ear holes. If you're a coffee drinker, get into this, right? Passion fruit. Love it. Papaya. Love it. Nougat. Mm. Caramel. Ooh. Dark chocolate. Okay. Guji Mane is one of my favorite cups of coffee. Okay. Um, Guji, it's weird because when I had Guji Mane the first time, I, I buy the whole bean, I grind it myself. Mm-hmm. It, it's a di- it, it's really good, but it's unlike any other cup of coffee you've ever had in your life. In a good way? In a very good way. It made me realize how boring mainstream coffee in america actually was how boring folgers is folgers starbucks mcdonald's mm-hmm. you know it, i love a good green mountain but it's boring it all yeah. tastes the same i've never been able to taste a sweet fruitiness or the dark chocolate or the caramel notes i've yeah. never been able to taste that in a coffee before well and that's why i usually tend to prefer small roasters yeah small private roasters yeah like the big conglomerates yeah. like some of my favorite roasters are in are in Washington state. Oh yeah. Like yeah. they have really great coffee out there. I'm excited to try um black coffee. Yeah, coffee black. Coffee black. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so then the second one that I tried is called so they had a Guji Main Diaspora collection. Okay. And this was a small batch of different uh different coffees from different areas of the diaspora of the world. So this one came from Haiti. Small batch is where it's at. Small batch was so good. Andy, I'm sad they don't have it anymore. So uh this Why one was called <sighs> so good. It's called Haitian Baptiste Rose. Okay. Um, and the notes. Okay. Hibiscus, grape jelly, and Nutella. And okay. the the little the little Nutella Nutella it had a hazelnutty chocolate mm. sweet fruit and then a floral that's the rose part like <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it now for me I didn't really taste the grape jelly as much when I made this cup okay but the the hibiscus like the floral notes of hibiscus and then the Nutella like the nuttiness of the Nutella but also that little bit of chocolatey flavor yeah that's what I mostly got I think the grape for me just made it taste more floral. Yeah. Man, that was really good. So then the history of that particular one was that there is a black man, I guess, who found Coffee Black. He's okay. from Tennessee as well. Okay. His family owns 64 acres of black-owned coffee on in Haiti. Okay. And so his family had been growing uh, coffee for years, and they produce about three or sorry, 30,000 pounds of coffee a year. Okay. And so they they made a small batch in in the works with Coffee Black. And they came up with the Haitian Baptiste Rosé. Okay. And the reason they call it Haitian Baptiste is because it was washed. Yes. Okay. So it's baptized. Yes. So it's Haitian Baptiste. It 
So so good. <laughs> that I was reading when I was doing my research on Ethiopian coffee. I was going to do a section on how they prepare it. Okay. Okay. Um, but that is one of the main things that makes Ethiopian coffee stand out is that they fully wash and cleanse the beans before drying it out. So good. So typically what happens is they let them dry out and then they'll wash them. Right. Um, they don't do that. They do it. The, and, they do it reverse. And it's to provide you with the cleanest cup of coffee that you can have. And you can taste it. I yes. think that's why you can taste the floral. That's why you can taste Nutella and hibiscus. It's not just earth. It's not, not. And I, and I love a good earthy. I love a good earthy Kona. Yeah. Like, I love a good heavy earthy. I don't love, I like a dark coffee, but I prefer the lighter ones. Mm-hmm. And the Haitian Baptiste Rosé was the lightest one. And I drank that bitch in like a month and a half. I was <laughs> slamming coffee. Absolutely. So those are the two that I've had. Okay. Um, I personally am about to put in an order for a brick of Gucci Mane. Um, if you are a coffee connoisseur, if you're somebody yeah, who so enjoys it, let's talk about the sizes. So what's a? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a brick versus the? Um... So we'll go from small to large. Okay. So you have the smallest, which is a dime bag. Yes. And that's four ounces. Okay. And I think if they, if you want to try it, that's where you start, right? Just I probably one. would start with the small one so I could figure out which one I want. Right. Which one I like. Exactly. So that's the that's the smallest one. The next size up is twelve ounces. Okay. After that, you have a brick. And a brick okay. is 2.2 pounds. Okay. So that's like a oh, big, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bag. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'll be getting. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that I like Gucci Mane, so I know I'll be ordering a brick. I just, I'm on the website right now, and I just have to tell you guys, the marketing and, like, the branding is get into the Get into the albums, because he's a rapper, so he has his music okay. on there. They've got shirts. One of the most beautiful things they did, and I can't wait for them to talk about this, and I've been following them closely on social media, is then in 2021, they actually went to Ethiopia. Oh, that's they awesome. went to the growers and they have a blog post on their website. Go ahead and check it out. Please check out Coffee Black, the pink one. That's the one I like. No, the fanny pack that says degentrification. Yeah. Yeah. De- degentrify your coffee. Yeah. 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 They've love- got ideas, man. I love it. Um, so they did a fundraiser. They were able to go to Africa, which, okay. Coffee Black, like Wakanda? Yes. They have merch. I'm telling you, Coffee Black gets it. The music is fired. The hoodies are lit. They had some cute cups, too, that I wanted to get. Um, but anyway, their trip to Ethiopia. Yes. It was really beautiful because they wrote just this really quick blog, blog post that they wrote last year. It's it's not the full story, but it was just a little tidbit. And they talked about how they were nervous and scared to go visit the growers in Ethiopia mm-hmm. because they were worried that because because I'm a black person, then the Ethiopian people might assume that I don't have any money. Like I can't buy as much as the white mm-hmm. growers who come down there and penny pinch and take all of their, take yeah. all of their crops or whatever. Um, but he said that he had never felt more welcome and loved. He, his, he was welcomed into the family. He toured the whole uh, plantation, the whole coffee grow and how everything went. The family made him food, which ended up being uh, the equivalent of greens and hot water cornbread. Okay. Which is like traditional black, black ass, black Southern good ass food. But of course that originated in Africa. Yeah. Like cornbread originated in parts of like Africa. And then what we know is greens obviously originated in Africa. Yeah. Okra. That was a gift from Africa. You are welcome. Um, mm. So I, fried okra. I know doesn't it hit right. You can get mm-hmm. a little slimy, but you put it in a good gumbo. Damn mm-hmm. it. Damn mm. it. Black food is so good. So I'm a big fan of coffee black. I want, I, I, I just want, if you like coffee, you're a fan. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah. Check them out. It, it's not about just supporting black business. It's about also supporting just good ass coffee. And yeah. if you like coffee, if you like coffee, that's got a story to tell your tongue. Yeah. Coffee Black's going to do it. Because that well, Gucci Mane hits. And re- for me, it's like regardless, 
you should always try and support small before you small, support big business. Uh, and it's just better quality. When yeah. it's small, they give a damn. Yeah. That's why Folgers and Starbucks and Maxwell they, House, they, they all some, taste they the same. They have something to prove. That's why. Like, they're trying to prove that their product stands up Absolutely. to these big box companies. And that it's worth the additional cost. Because yeah. when you do small batch, when you're working with small growers, it mm-hmm. is going to cost more than a cup. Well, no. Each cup is going to be cheaper than Starbucks, yeah. right? If you buy a dime bag of Gucci Mane, that's going to be multiple cups of coffee yeah. that if you go to Starbucks or if you get something at McDonald's or what, what's the one people like? People like McDonald's or they like uh yeah, McDonald's cafe, Dunkin right? Donuts. Dunkin'. What is that? Their coffee is the trash. trash. I feel I, like it's instant coffee watered down. Yeah. I don't understand the like the, the obsession. People are obsessed. People have with Dunkin' and Donuts coffee. And I bought. Coffee. Don't even come for me. I bought the grocery store bag of the we run on Dunkin' and I got the beans and shit. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is how did I freshly grind this and it's still watered down? And it's still well. It, I don't know. It's like stale. Wheat I don't, stale. Yeah, it's I don't, not. It's not for me. Once you have some good coffee, like Coffee Black or any other small growers you hear of, because Cuba's got some amazing coffee. Mm. I know you like the Cuban coffee. I prefer Ethiopian style. That's delicious. Check out the growers in Kona. Yeah. That shit's real. Yeah. That's in America, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no. also, that's if you like a dark roast. Absolutely. If you, if you like sipping on darkness. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to drink the void, get you some Kona. <laughs> And when that's too much, add a little full fat, heavy cream, heavy cream, coconut milk, mm. and it'll change your life. It's it'll great. change your life. So for Coffee Black, just to wrap it up, big fan. Uh, no, this is not sponsored. They ain't giving me no money. That's fine. I will always buy their coffee. I'm a huge fan. Get you a brick of Gucci Mane. C X F F E E B L A C K dot com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sippin' Tea. (laughs) Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sippin' Tea 303. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at MVP Andy. And you can follow me at Black Girl Jeeping. Everybody get your water ready. Yes. Get your water. I got my... For people who do not know, you take a sip of water every single time I say podcast. Let's go. Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts, you can find our bi-weekly podcasts mm. on all major podcast platforms. Mm. He added an extra one that we didn't write before. <laughs> you weren't ready. I wasn't ready. I got, a, I, got a, I got like a throat bubble. I'm hydrated as shit. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions.